0: You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org podcasts.
1: Listen. My mind can't stay just in one place. Uh, uh, uh. And I can't hear you with my...
0: I'm Jesse D. I'm with Chirp Radio, and I'm here with Trey.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: How did you come to find yourself in Chicago? Will you tell me a little bit about your your working past and what you've been up to?
1: Um, sure. I moved to Chicago right out of college, so I was 21. Um, moved here to play music. Uh, very quickly, started running sound at Double Door, um, which got my my toes into the, into the music scene here. Uh, I worked for Intelligentsia Coffee for many years. I was the head of sales there, I helped some friends open various restaurants and bars and such. And uh, I ran Jerry's in Wicker Park for years where we, we were a restaurant and neighborhood bar. And we also had live music every night there. So that kind of kept my, kept my fingers in, in the music scene as well.
0: So I'm gonna read this right from your website. Quiet Pterodactyl creates experiences, education, enjoyment, and entry into arts and music. Why was that so important (laughs) to have this wide reaching and comprehensive list of things?
1: We started Quiet Pterodactyl, we had our launch party last November at Constellation, so it wasn't that long ago. And really all those things kind of summarize my my background and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to help the music and arts communities in Chicago. (laughs) We definitely wanted to be events focused, whether it's with live music, you know, live, live art events, whether it's, and by art, I mean, visual arts, um, dance, you know, poetry, kind of, kind of an, an umbrella word uh, by saying the word arts. Uh, I also have done lots of fundraisers um, with all kinds of different entities. And so I have a lot of experience doing that and throwing events. Um, but I also wanted. I feel like there's there's a lot of people doing this already, but there's always more need for educational opportunities, especially with kids as schools continue to lose funding in arts and music. So not only is there a wide gap there that needs to be filled, but many of those places that are being filled are in places that already have the resources to do that anyway. So there's not really equitable access to those educational resources. So yeah, it was important to me to do to do something for the kids, man. <laughs> uh, no to do. To, to, you know, to bring in educational aspects, too, because I know a lot of professional uh, musicians and professional music educators and arts educators and wanting to use those connections that I have to, yeah, just to further be able to give back to the community.
0: Cool. And I'm going to ask you my least favorite interview question
1: <laughs> okay. that I
0: usually try to avoid. Uh, where did the name Quiet Pterodactyl come from?
1: Uh, essentially, we don't know what dinosaurs actually sounded like, specifically pterodactyls. If you watch uh, Jurassic Park or something, and they sound, you know, yeah, like what we think a raptor, like this loud screeching. Realistically, they, they're closer related to birds. They might have sounded like a turkey. We'll never really know because they <laughs> died a long time ago and we didn't record them. Um, but the idea is by working with uh, musicians and young artists that we don't know what their voice is yet. And oftentimes they don't know what their voices, voices are yet. So we're kind of helping them to find their voice as they grow and mature as an artist. The butterfly, lilted from flower to flower, searching for power to keep me in flight. Spread my wings of color in the sun, looking for fun in the daylight. No time to waste, season is short, lots of joy to spread around town. Gentle wings to fly and sing, a quiet song of light and sound. So
0: you mentioned earlier that a lot of the ideas surrounding Quiet Pterodactyl for 2020 were focused around live events. How did the pandemic of this year affect your plans for 2020?
1: Yes, I left my... uh, So I was with Jerry's and that restaurant group actually up until January. Having nothing to do with the pandemic, I left them after about 12 years at the end of January to focus on Quiet Pterodactyl. Yeah. And then a month later, all of the events that I had planned for the next few months were canceled in a, within about 48 hours of each other. Um, as, as was everything else. So my first, my first thought was to sit on my hands for a few weeks and say, well, maybe I'll just back burner the nonprofit, at least for a few months until I figure out what's going on in the world. And as, as I realized how important the need was, um, that a lot of these music and arts resources also vanished overnight that it, d- it didn't seem right for me to start a nonprofit that was going to help music and arts communities and then do nothing during their worst time of need in the last century. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just, I started, we well, me and my team, we started brainstorming and, you know, had some mediocre ideas at first, but the one we kind of landed on was the Situation Chicago Project. We want to do something that was going to have real impact, but that would also, I guess, affect the most people in the music community all at once. To do a, like a small record project with local musicians. I don't personally have, I guess, the reach to sell a record very well. And local musicians sometimes don't either. Um, but by bringing in the venues who are the benefactors from the project, but, but the venues already have a large built-in audience because they've been open for years. They have strong, they have strong followings and a lot of emotional ties to some of these, you know, venues like the hideout and empty bottle and metro places that have been around for a long time. Um, so yeah, that was the idea: is, is how how can we help the venues that are closed indefinitely, but also how can we actually benefit them in any way? Um, and it was by kind of utilizing their their resources and their broad reach to to get to the audience that might be interested in a project like this. When I first reached out to the artists, not well, I guess a few people that asked, like, "Well, what are you looking for?" I said, "We're, not, I mean, I want whatever represents you and what you're doing right now." But the only thing I didn't want was, even though this project is in response to the pandemic, if you're already, if all you do is write sad music already, that's fine. But if if you're only writing sad music as a response to your current state, I don't want to put out a bummer of a record that, at a year or ten years from now, people listen to it and remember, like, man, those times were hard. <laughs> uh You know, I, I was like, don't send me something that is falsely joyous, but. But send what represents you, but, you know, try to make it not up-tempo, you know, just something that's going to make people feel good. Um, And that obviously we'll remember, hopefully we'll get through this time. And when we do look back at it 10 years, 20 years from now, um, there will be some sadness, but there'll be some joy that this project brought to the table as well. Um, But, yeah, as far as specific songs, it's kind of a mixed bag. Some of it's uh, new stuff, those written during the pandemic, or just new things that were unreleased as of yet. Uh, There's a couple of remixes of older things. Like Poi Dog Pondering, uh, Frank Oral sent me, it's an A Fat Fat Eight remix of a Poi Dog song, which is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. The OK Go song is a live version. The Jeff Tweedy song is actually live from the Vic from last year, from 2019. So yeah, it's a, it's a mixed bag of old stuff and new stuff. Some of it was available before. Some of it was not yet available. Quinn Kirchner's song is from his, when he gave it to me or when he gave it to the project, it was, unreleased but now his new album has come out i think it came out about three weeks ago and it's gotten a lot of national attention and that record's amazing so he he was he kind of gifted us an early version of a song that's on his new record
0: the turnaround was pretty quick for that. Um, what was it like to reach out to some of these bands and even get the project fully sponsored by local companies in such a short amount of time?
1: Yeah, it was it was very exciting and also very stressful <laughs> uh, to put together any project like this, even if it was one, one album instead of two, I'd say it would normally take at least a year, uh, possibly longer. And I understood when I started it, or when we started it, that that these venues don't have a year. You know, it doesn't really... Who am I benefiting if I can't come out with a record until next June? And this was, let's say, April when we first started working on the project. Luckily, uh, everyone else understood that as well, and we're excited to be a part of it. Having the venues on board was really the key, I think, to the project's existence and to its potential success. And then also, once we had the venues on board... The artists were also very excited to be a part of it because a lot of the local artists—that's where they play often. That's where they make a living. Uh, that their audience is local, and some of the bigger names that have that are still Chicago-based, but you know they have a, a bigger reach and international reach. Uh, this is where they started. I saw OK Go's first shows at Empty Bottle and Double Door. They—they they don't live here anymore, but they still have Chicago roots and and an emotional connection to the city and the music. Oh, but back to your question about timeline. Yeah. Uh, knowing that time was of the essence, um, I didn't mind being extra annoying <laughs> <laughs> with people as far as uh, bugging them and uh, saying like, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? Where normally I might've been, I think I was still tactful, you know, I would have been a little more soft handed. Uh, you know, there were other artists that were not able to do it for whatever reasons, uh, but it was like, Hey, if you can do it, awesome. If you can't, I need to know right now, you know, the project has to move forward. Or, yeah, again, I don't, I don't want to benefit. I don't want to do a benefit and then half these venues are closed by the time it gets on the streets.
0: Sure, of course. And the involvement with Save Our Stages and Civil, if you're a venue, or Neva, is very much time is of the essence.
1: The fir- first, to cl- first to close, last to open. And that's it's not just a cliche phrase in the industry. It's really what's happening. Um, they, they're pretty much closed and definitely at this point, definitely through the rest of 2020 and You know, based on the current state of things, 2021, it's not looking extremely promising. So, yeah, everything needed to happen, kind of. And, yeah, like even like getting the vinyl, vinyl usually like just to get the plates made, that can take months. Not only would we probably not have gotten a piece of vinyl done as quickly if we had gone with someone out of out of state or overseas, but we would have had the support. And it also would have made it feel like less of a Chicago project. Uh being able to, to, have it pressed here and having Smash Plastic support us. But then all of our sponsors that help with a lot of the upfront costs, um, Revolution Brewing, Dark Matter Coffee, Nature's Grace and Wellness, Malort, uh, everyone's <laughs> favorite Chicago spirit. <laughs> uh, those guys all kind of came, I had a couple of out of state sponsors lined up originally, and they kind of came together as a collective and said, would you would, you know, we hate to ask this because we know that you need money to get, the, get legs under this thing. But if we were able to sponsor it all together between the five of us, could you forego the out of state money? So it really is 100% um, Chicago project.
0: I don't think you can have anything live music related in Chicago without the inclusion of Malort. So that was really cool to see that they made a sponsor as well.
1: Yeah, of course not. But I have to say, I ever get out, I am the the fast place or the easiest place to get the record is SituationChicago.com. We're selling it online exclusively through Bandcamp. Uh, Bandcamp has been a huge supporter of musicians for a long time, but especially now compared to other streaming sites, they're leaps and bounds above other people as far as how they support musicians through that site.
0: Thank you. I'm Jesse D. I'm with Trip Radio.
1: Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> do
0: no out, you ain't ever home. Yo, wait, never. Like, wait, never, like, never wait, never say never. You know, Brandy said that in the 90s, like, Jesus, come on, You can find this and other Chirp Radio interviews and podcasts at chirpradio.org podcasts.